Hello. I'm, go I'm going over and I'm introducing again and again what I'm talking about um, to you. And, and I want to just keep doing that until you uh, realise, you know, like where, where we really have to start with to make a reality thesis, you know, like we, we can't just expect to start. We've got a, a starting point is the most important, like the important thing, okay? We, we have to start and we have to end in the same spot, essentially. And the same spot is what's true um, because we have to find out what is actually true and then make it sensible. Because you've got uh, you've got pure idealism, which is true, that you are you, all you really know for, with certainty is that you are you, you're being, you're being, you're knowing, and you're doing. Okay, so um, that pure idealism, however, in the world, with the world. <coughs> has a um, has a a frivolous nature. To, it's frivolous to say, "Look, all I know is I know." But um, that doesn't mean that that's not important. That's that's a fundamental part of what it is to understand what knowledge is. Okay, the rest of knowledge, or the rest of the f uh, knowledge is um, is the material nature, the field, which we are, we could call creation. And this is like the tree of knowledge. This is the place where we think we are. We, we, like to say we're not there would be like in various, in various ways considered, you know, unpractical. But that doesn't mean that Incrementally, that's where humans are headed for. So all the intellectuals are working their way away from the mundane uh, conception, depending on how intelligent they are. Now, you've got your scientism, which is really just grounded and dumb in that context, okay? We're saying, you know, like, I think consciousness is just matter. You know, I have this belief, Okay. This is my grounds for belief. I don't think it's a belief, though. I think that this is a truth. It's a true that the world is physical. And they can even go further and say, oh, it's true the world is material or the, that there is matter because, you know, I feel it with my senses. Okay, yes, you feel it with your senses. So what? We're not talking about, like, stuff that you practical like work a day common language because that's common and people are common and therefore what the hell are you going to work out with them with common language or practical sort of ideas what we are is we're discriminating here and we're discriminating rigorously so we we can find out the truth and it takes more than just scientism that's for sure okay <coughs> now 
what I want to give. I'm going to relate this to you. Um, and to do that, we need to relate something that you can personally understand and then expand it out into things you might not at the moment understand as a geometry, which is the basic foundational uh, system. And But you've got geometry already because your body expresses a geometry. You might just not have gone into that geometry with enough discrimination to identify the contradictions in it, that there are contradictions within you. Okay, now the, these contradictions relate to a, a physical, ideal um, dichotomy, which you have as it relates to your body and its relations to the ground that you stand on and the space above your head and the ideas in your uh, mind and the identity you are, you consider yourself to be in your head and your feet and your, uh, your ability to reproduce and your ability to idealise, to, to think high thoughts, to approach your creator if you want to meditate or to pray. But these are, these are uh, parts of your body that uh, work in increments um, between opposites. So you, you can, you know that you don't, you, know, you have very mundane parts of you, which are purely practical, and you have very, uh, like, parts that you're highly consider more important to you or more, they, they express you more, unless it's your face as opposed to your um, butt. Your, that, that's, they're in opposite places on your body as well, right? So they are in totally opposite places in your body. Okay, now you've got these two legs that come down here, but we're talking about this, we can just imagine you sitting or the ground in, your legs crossed. So I'm not going to get too confused about your legs. We're talking essentially about your base chakra, which is your, um, the point between your genitals and your anus, there's would call the perineum, and then you've got the crown. So we're looking, this is our grand, um, this is our grand drama of your body. Okay, so you've, I'm taking you through a lot of different topics, obviously. So we're looking at philosophy and we're looking at all the thoughts of the philosophers, which I'm not going to go into too much. But we have to be able to just sort of quickly make our way through, slice through all, all the confusion because we don't want to have to go into everything that every philosopher has every thought or every scientist has every thought. We've got the laws of nature. We've got the laws of thought. We've got the scriptures to worry about enough. That's enough. Um, and the laws of thought, as far as I'm concerned, are, are sort of like a very rudimentary thing that philosophers are 
you know, they're, they're more, in, they're not involved in essentially the, 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 the bigger, the meta thought, laws of thought. Okay, this is um, what I'm dealing with. Okay, now, all, the laws of thought as what we would consider philosophical thought are extensions of logic into from diversity into diversity so we have to have we have a fundamental law of logic and then all the things that come from it and they are called the laws of thought but i'm i'm uh that's for me that is all those laws of logic are just one law and well this is my law that underwrites the thought, the idea of how to think. Because really what I am is someone who's a very primary thinker, a very um, universal and very fundamental reducer into core ideas, um, a simplifier, a really simplifier of all these uh, complications that we have in the world because I, I that's what I do, and that's what a unifier is. And so, the more someone is able to unify something, the more they're going to be like that. And so, because I am actually doing that, really doing it, you, you'll find me to be like a lot, like a like hugely able to make complications into simplicities. So that is what I have to be like because other. Ultimately, I'm making all the universe into the ultimate of the simplicity of, you know what I mean? Like, that's everything into the simplest truth of it, okay? So, of course, yeah, that's what I do. And so all the logic that the world has is just complication to me. It's just complexity. It's just different. And I'm looking the other way. I'm going... Of course, this is exactly what all the thinkers want to do, but they just they just can't do it, okay? Because they're caught in the in the field; they don't understand <coughs> just how prior the field deals with how prior the concepts of the field are. So they're caught in their minds, or they're caught in their bodies, or they're caught in their religions a little bit, or they or they're just supported by scripture speaking wisdom but not a lot of people are held up by scriptures the scriptures coming from a different position okay we've got our philosophy and we've got our um, science and it's man's knowledge and we've got theology which okay you know you're not going to believe me half of you i don't know how how doubtful or whatever yeah but just put all that aside for a minute um, so you've got this revealed knowledge and that is, okay, that's pure and true, actually, a lot of it. So really, you know, like, but uh, we don't understand it, really. Okay, and to understand it, you need what I'm telling you, really, uh, because it's so simple, so fundamental, like what I'm talking about that you... You can't get your head around it, okay? You can't get your head around God, for a start. You can't get your head around one anything. So 
what I'm doing then is talking to you and relating to you how you deal with the most fundamental aspects of your own life, okay? And this is... I want to... Um, I, your philosopher has to give you categories. I mean, if they're not going to give you categories to think with, you're not going, or they don't have categories, or they're confused about the categories, or they just haven't got clarity. You're, I mean, they're just confused, all right? This is what it is. They are. Otherwise, they'd be doing this, which is what I'm not confused about. So obviously, yeah, there's a big difference here. So I'm saying there's a fundamental difference between all these philosophers, I don't care who they were, and myself at this stage in the game, all right? Which sounds preposterous, but it's very obvious to me, okay? Like it's not, that's a, I'm saying that as an obvious self-explanatory Situation because I'm I'm explaining the philosophical truth and saying well, you know now I could be either a total idiot who, who doesn't realise that he's not able to do the things that he says he can do, or it's just actually what I'm doing, which is what it is, is that I I am I'm just saying this is the way forward into these deeper problems, these fundamental universal truths, which become more and more really more and more. Uh, they demand more and more of us as we move into the more holistic aspects of them. And what your spirituality is, your holistic, because it's holistic. To be good at it, you need to you need to devote more of yourself to it. You, as a scientist, could be a brilliant scientist. Um, but by making a discovery with the with um, without having actually to even devote your mind. I mean, it sounds bizarre, but like most scientists don't do that. They, they devote their mind to it, but you can just make a discovery and become a, you be a, and be delivering science, okay? And it doesn't matter what your personality is like. As a scientist, it doesn't matter if you've got, you know, if you're a playboy scientist or a rich um, playboy scientist or whoever, you know, because you, that, that's not relevant to what you're achieving here. And as a philosopher, it doesn't matter, especially if you were um, some horrid person, really. I mean, but it does a little bit. You know. um, but it shouldn't because it's objectivity and... It doesn't matter if a, uh, a mathematician's crazy um, because he's giving you an objectivity and that is, should be... His personality doesn't really matter. But you see, your spiritualist is... he ha They have to be able to do these things too but also be good. Um and be renounced of the world. This is what we value in spirituals. So the, these are more more holistic type personalities. And even for me, becoming from theology is like, 
Well, that doesn't quite work out, does it? But it it works out only because the scriptures have me helping out in this game, and there's um, there's reasons why that I'm here, and that reason is because there wasn't anyone else to do this. Um, even though you would think there would be. Uh, so that's that's a, a whole different story, but what we're going to talk about is, like, what we consider a philosophical truth, okay, which would be like, say, that could be in any context. So, so in set theory, this is the set of all sets. And then it is a theory of mind, what they call a theory of mind, which isn't a theory, right? It's an axiom of mind, the axioms of mind. And then in a scientific context, it's the scientific ultimate truth. the Not the truth at all, but the theory of everything, Okay. And then in the theological context, it's a mystery of God. So this, by this way, you will understand why God did this and where and what, and predict God a little bit, okay? Because it's knowledge that's got to be able to predict, and so it's predicting things and explaining God's motives and what, how he, what is going on with the field because like if, if the field is just mundane we've got no reason ultimately so we've got to have the we've got to take this question who what okay our what to a how and then a how to a why and that why has to continue on right and we're, we're always going to end up with personalities for whys because there's no why that that isn't a how that doesn't relate to a personal being an identity okay so all the things that happen to you every day this is like aristotle right these are your causes so what happened to you is that you stubbed your toe okay so you you've hurt your toe by walking and hitting it against the corner of the table so that's what happened. That's why are you feeling this pain? Well, what happened was you hurt your toe. But that doesn't explain what, why it happened, right? So then we go to how it happened. Well, I was walking, I was moving my leg, my leg hit the table, okay? At speed, causing me distress. Now, is that your cause of, of your pain? Is that the cause of the pain? Well, no, that's your how. That's what happened to your toe. That's how it happened. But why did it happen? Is the, is the universe going to exp- be the cause of your, your pain when you're involved in this? Okay, so if there's a why, you've got to say, well, I did it. I did it. Because it, it's always going to be where why goes is to the subject because objective fields don't offer whys their whys are hows like there's always a why 
a how then becomes a why, right? So look, so I'd say, oh, why did the laws of nature say are the why, but they're really a how. I say, why are the laws of nature? Well, there's these other laws that fit in, they're more primary than the the first explanation of the of the laws we we found. Oh, I see. So that's why. These laws are why. No, no, they're not really the uh, the why, because there's more principles that relate to beings, which are more. So your ethic is your why, more so than your uh, your pure law or your phenomena, which is a priority, right? So that that's a tracing back of cause. In cause and effect, that's the arrow of time as well. well that's progression, reversed. You're going back because you're an intellectual wanting to understand. You, you pursue cause and effect. From cause to effect, you go, what, how, why? Okay? And you're going to get into regress. Because as soon as you know a how, you still want to know a why. There's always a why that will be... So you make your way, you know, like... Why does the sun come up in the morning? And then you go, oh, because the, then there's a bunch of people telling you why. Um, and then you might say, well, this is what happens. The sun, there's an earth, there's a roundness, and it moves, etc. And then you go, oh, I see. But why? Oh, because of gravity, da-da-da-da. How is how? Always more how. And then because, oh, Etc. More principles. How? How? And then why? Why? And when, when there is no why, because we didn't have anything to do with the sun coming up, did we? Well, yeah, we did because we opened our eyes. This is always we're always there. See, the observer doesn't ever get to to not be part of the why. So why did you experience the sun coming up? You experienced the sun coming up because what? There was a sun. How? Because of the complete manifestation of all this field. And why? Because you were you were there in it. You were there as a player. So you see the way I'm dividing things into threes, right? Like, this is to be fair, because in, in uh, this, these contexts, these general... Uh, categories are what everything's being divided into. See, if you have a philosopher and a scientist having an argument, they're just arguing across a contradiction, a dichotomy. And that the reason they can argue is because there's rational territory between them, that they, and that one is being called by this name and one is being called by that name because they're not the same, see? So not the same means difference. So how could two things be different? What what needs to be for two thing two different identities to mean different things? Okay, now that's called rational adversity, contradiction. Everything is really funded by this. So the the contradiction then we have like, you could have a theologian arguing with a scientist, okay? 
Now they're not going to relate to each other because there's two there's a too grand a contradiction between them, um, and one is going to just think how ludicrous the other is, or the theologian will say what a um, what a mundane ignoramus the scientist is to not understand that there's more to life than the physical, and the scientist might say, but. You're just superstitious. You've just got these belief, this belief system. And I, I, my fairness is that I want to explain what I see and feel around me and it's working, so why should I believe you? This is fair and uh, this happens when theologians or anyone, like religious people, come up with some stuff that they think the scripture supports them and they can do this and it's quite often... There's, they come up with good ethos, uh, which restrains the science. And, and the law is that, which is the world, the laws of the land, the judges and the lawyers and the Supreme Court. And that is society ultimately placing an ethos to control its minions, which is its scientists, okay, and its um, whatever. So... That, that Supreme Court and ultimately all that is funded by philosophers and scientists. Yeah, this is true and this is true, but still they're the ones deciding whether or not they should do this. Should we clone a human? Scientists could clone a human, but they don't. But why? Because they're not allowed to, okay? Because the ethos of the society has decided no. No, 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 no. It's not wise, idiot. Idiot. When the philosopher might go into all the reasons why it is, or wisdom wise, or what, what could come of it, and predicting the future, you see. Um, and then they'll take that into account, the judge might, or the, uh, the politician. But really, the judges are above the politicians um, because the, the judges are looking, they're more representing the, the more balanced justice system, whereas the politicians are, they're more your wealth, they're in a lower position. Now, they do rule, but they're really ruled by the law of the, the, um, the land, international law as well. But so, so apart from a king who is the monarch of of a situation who is judge as well as ruler. You've really got your courts, your, your judges are your beings who are coming sort of closer to the divine. So it's a high, it's a high role because they're judging an ethical system and they're doing it in the same way, all right? They just have... Um, They've just got a mental picture of an objective ethics, okay, that they're trying to to measure and place in an arrangement. So, like, oh, what we consider objectivity in ethics is there expressed in the law of the laws of the um, societies as we devise them from this is I don't feel right about feeling 
I don't feel right about people stealing my car, therefore we'll make it legal, right? Because you've worked hard for it and he did nothing, so therefore why should he be allowed to do that? And you steal my horse or whatever, hang him. All right, so at some point they went, hang on a second, all you do is steal your horse, why hang him? So they changed that law, didn't they? And back at some stage it was like, you're caught without your horse, you're going to die. So if someone steals your horse, you better have a strong deterrent, and that is to be hung. Um, this is just like ethics, okay? But there's a reason relative to various situations as as that evolves, okay? So objective ethics isn't really all those details. It's the general categories as they appear in their relationships and how they progress from intention, action, consequence, intention, action, consequence, okay? So, okay, so we can go into ethics, we can go anywhere we want, really, with the same general logos, which is what I'm saying to you, but there's two things I want to relate this, I want to bring it close to you so that you can feel it, Okay, instead of getting the meaning of the word, I want because you have the word science to mean all the things you think are wonderful about the future as well. But what is science as opposed to, you know, you think science did all this, but it was the mind that did it. And the science is sort of the practical aspects of mind's trying to work its the truth out. And then you've got this more pure form of it, which is your philosophers, and you might think, oh, they're all just dip, dippy, feeble intellectuals compared to these other people, right? Now, they're not, but they're not, they're just, they're not as successful in the in the endeavour at the moment because it's a, it's a, it's a more difficult um, branch to to extract success. You can't just look at things and notice them and observe. You have to deduct and <coughs> do all these things. Like with so that's where philosophers are sort of caught in their own little worlds, okay, as mathematicians are, right? So we need the foundations of mathematics because mathematics we have to define, we have to define, we have to reduce mathematics through logic and then logic back to a law of thought and then a law of thought further back to an epistemological foundation, okay? That is true. Um, even if the law of thought itself is is and isn't true, the the reason it is true is because of what it can prove in the world. The reason it isn't true is the epistemological fundamental obstacle that is because that is a branch and you're climbing, you're looking for the fruit at the end of the branches and you can't get to the end of the branches because that's resisting you because you're going to into a more primary 
simplicity, a more fundamental unity. You're looking for, to unify things with your philosophy and you're trying to do it with your by using these laws of thought, this logic. And then when you look at that, you think, hang on a second, logic, what is logic? Logic is essentially dividing one thing from another. That's what it is. So you have to have two to think. And because you have to have two to think, how are you going to unify it? So... That might sound complicated, and it, it is. Okay, but this is why, with all these complications, that we we find, you know, a lot of confusion, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. People are interested, though. I'm surprised how interested people are. I'm seeing all this stuff on YouTube, and I see people generally sitting in the audience trying to understand these things. There's a lot more than why I'm explaining it. They're sitting through it, and they. It's meaning. It's just confusing the crap out of them, literally. And the person standing up there is just explaining what's already been history. And they're all looking at it, trying to work it out, and going, and no one is really making their way through it. It's kind of interesting, but it's a mystery, see? And I'm saying, oh, look, here's, here's a, a way forward for you was just way more interesting than than your philosophers because for start it's a lot. It's so much easier when you've got someone who's saying, Oh look, here here it is. Here is like not saying I think this or I think that this is my theory, this is my thesis. Saying here is the truth, here is the whole story. Because that makes it so much easier for you. And you don't even have to have confidence in them. Either they're going to be true or not. They're not going to get away with any of their mistakes. Now, I might sound like this and this might be awfully confusing to you, but then I really am only adding clarity. And even if you aren't necessarily you know, excited by the things I'm saying, there would be like, analytical philosophers and sociologists and all sorts of people who'd be like, oh, you know, who've, who've indulged their mind or they've, they're trying to crack these codes and listening and they'll be going, this is riveting in some sense, okay? It really is interesting. It's so interesting, okay? This is so interesting that it's... That you, if you're not interested, then you just, you haven't got interests. Your interests are, are lost in the mundane. This is interesting for the seekers of knowledge. If, and if you, if none of this is interesting to you, then you just aren't one, okay? I'm sorry. Um, it, so often go and play PlayStation then, okay? But, if you're still here, you know, like, yeah, there's something to be achieved. Again, okay, why is a philosopher not a scientist? Why is a theologian not a scientist? Why is a theologian not a philosopher? Why is a... What's that? What's going on there? Okay, so we've talked about a piece of string on it. I've, I've shared it. I've, I've deleted 
most I want to say, I'll probably delete this, but what we've got is um, every idea that you have about you, I've got to go through ideas again. So like uh, all the ideas in the world are possible name of something that might possibly exist in a set of possible coordinates within a set of all sets. So everything that we might name specifically relates to a system which we could call a set and that, like, the more I want to make it a... If I call it a system, I'm calling it... I'm talking in a scientific context. I'm calling it a set. I'm talking in a philosophical context, okay? And that philosophical context, then I can take that up to a, to a, uh, an ideal context. But in that sense, it's a, it's a conceivable, it's, it's a, um, an experience, like a, a possible experience. But let's talk about it as a set of all sets. So I've got all the, all the contents of the, set of every possible thing, which we would call the universe, not thing either, because a set of all sets is not things. It is all things, which we think are things, but um, it's not just things because it's all ideas, all beings, all notions, all ethers, all worlds, all everything. Like, what is that? Okay, so how are you going to... Um, so you try and understand that because you're in it and you're going, oh, look around you and you're in this possible coordinate because you consider to be planet Earth and you're looking around, you've got the sun, you've got the moon, you've got the stars, you've got the heavens, you've got the universe and, we, and the universe is... Unified, right? So the unifiers are the... You've got all the possible coordinates, but then there's... Uh, those All those possible coordinates are... a mod, modal... Are, are composed of modalities, which um, they, they... Any coordinate exists as a relationship between modality, where it's got a relativity which means that uh, all that, those modalities are, are a narrative. Um, so each thing that you say, you might know of, say the Earth, for instance, is, is in a modality. It's, it's a, a possible coordinate in a set of all sets, all right, and you are, you're in that set of the Earth, and you're in the set of all the sets, and you're in the set of your country, and then you're in the set of you, and you're the uh, you're the contents of your body, right? So, um, and then you've got this other problem where you've got there's inside you there's another set that doesn't contain your body that is your mind. All right, which uh, which isn't physical, 
which is all the ideas, constructs, etc., laws, principles that you have as code by which you know. And then your body is like some sort of computer, which is this is a dichotomy so we can make a general contradiction between this mind and this body. And then you've got this soul, which is even if your body was like an aerial, somehow there's still a radio transmitter sending the signal, which is your consciousness, let's say. So, oh God, so we've got, we're talking about a set of all sets, so you've got all the words, all the different possible coordinates, and you, if something is a little bit, uh, so you've got the centre of the set of the set of all sets, the, the perfect equiposition of the set of all sets, now that should be equals, because at any point geometrically in that set of all sets, one side of it equals the other side of it to make it the whole. And the words are expressing outwardly all those experiences that a possible set of all sets could have and you're being in a, in a system and you're like a, a system that applies to a set means that system of the set of all sets must apply to you, which is a set within a set of all sets. So you've got a system and that system then is, we're explaining in the narrative. And that comes, and so we're looking at your body and we're going, hey, what, what are the differences of your body between like you've got a top, a bottom, a left, a right, a front and a back, let's say. Okay, so you, you have halves, hemispheres in this three-dimensionality of you. But then as we went to take that set internally, causal, uh, priority, progressing backwards into priority, we came to a mind which is more necessary to know of the world than the body, let's say. <laughs> okay, like, so we've, we, we have to make uh, not only a left, right, top, bottom, front, back, which is in this dimension of that set of all sets, okay? At the moment, we're only thinking of it in this dimension of all those sets, but if we say ideas and we say various other, you know, we're talking about categories of immaterialness, so we're going to have to go through dimensions, which are the internal, external expansion, contraction of this field as it expresses its freedoms and its determinations and its control, its... Uh, its restrictions, its obstructions, its force, its gravity, its mass, and its consciousness, because the consciousness is the contracting freedom expression that we have in the set of which is your body, where we need to make another set in a, 
in a series of priorities, all right? <laughs> oh, God. And I'm trying to make that meaningful to you because I'm saying to you, your face is not your ass, okay? No, that's ridiculous, I know, and you, but you have... You have a lateral contradiction between your left and your right. You have a contradiction between your front and your back. There's this going out and this sort of turning away. This is a this is a going forwards and a leaving behind situation going with your front and your back. And you've got this more value system. This Qualitative valuing of that you value these parts more than this part. Okay, so you've got this groin, which is this sexual f- feeling, and then you've got this uh, this butt, which is a more primal sort of excretion. Feeling both necessary, but they're both different. And so, yeah, we have a we have a difference between this and that. And these are more fundamentally funded in our physicality. And as we go higher and higher, we we come up into our our, our head. But in the middle, we have our heart, and we feel a lot in there. We feel this deep centralness of ourself in the heart. You see, we're not going to really worry about the heart, the centre, because we're going to explain the outside of the field and the movement through the, the uh, categories, etc. I mean, how can I explain? It's, it's easier to explain the opposites than it is to explain the, the, the middle. So because they're the differences, the, the crown... The abstract thought of the pure mathematician or the, the meditating yogi is different from the raw desire of the lusty man and different from the, you know, like the satisfaction one gets from relieving themselves. These are fundamental, uh, like, human experiences. They're part of a facet, multifacetedness nature of us. And I just want to identify those areas with a geometry and and have the hemispheres of it placed into divisions. Just like I want to divide science from philosophy, just want, and theology. And I, I want to do this on fair, a fair way. And I want to help with that because, like, just by by you feeling the feeling of what it means to be lusty or to be passionate or to be dist- your and your distaste for the the other end of you and the sort of aloofness of your mind and your that you can't be thinking this way, your attention can only, you know, like be up and down. It it has its, one's pulling down and one's pulling up. And this is 
they're different, okay? You can't be meditating and thinking about your girlfriend, okay? So because to do one is not to do the other. Like, so then we've got another, every day we wake up, we go to sleep, okay? So we've got a clock then. We say, let's let's get our clock and we've got a 24 hours of this cycle. So we, we're going to start with 12 midnight at the top of this circle and we're going to go to the left as you're looking at it in your mind. You're imagining this clock in your mind. You've got 6 o'clock and 6 o'clock cutting half in the middle, right? So as you go, in the way that time moves, which is... Uh, actually, no, it's not. All right, so it's the opposite of the way a clock moves. Nor, uh, as we have clocks moving around this way, right? I want you to go anti-clockwise. You've got 12 o'clock, and then I want you to go to 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and then I want you to go to 6 o'clock in the evening, and then 9 o'clock in the evening, and then midnight, 12 o'clock, and then 3 o'clock in the morning, and then 6 o'clock in the morning, which is wakey-wakey time, and then 9 o'clock in the morning, okay? They're our, that's our geometry of what, by which we're going to divide the day, and you, you're going to have different experiences of in that day, right? At, at 3 o'clock in the morning, you're asleep. Okay, you, you're determined. This is your determining. And then at 12 o'clock, you're free, right? Now, this is the same way you're determined to be uh, going to the toilet. So <laughs> I'm sorry that it's not. I'm trying to be practical with you because this is your all our bodies. These are our experiences. They're not all highfalutin, okay, they, but they do represent fundamental um, truths about us because ignorance is represented by its hemispheres and passion is represented by its, its quadrants, okay, and goodness is represented by its quadrants. And we, in a, in a day, move in these modes. To understand what passion is, we, would, we might think that's 12 o'clock in the day. But actually, it's a, this is like black, red and white, okay, these colours even. So 9 o'clock at night, we're in the mode of passion. This is when we're enjoying, okay. And then we've got enjoying. Um, then we've, we inertia, okay. So, and then we've got preservation, which is identity, as in I. When I becomes dominant is twelve o'clock in the noon. That's when we're the most free. That's we have freedom over the world but the world comes and takes it every night, okay? And it's about to take mine. But I, I resist the world just like 
you resist sleep, but you concede defeat and then you come back again. And such is the world, such is the consciousness resisting the world. Okay, that's the general drama we've got going on. We need to do these things. We need to have these things. We, but we value one from the other because one is full of qualitative, the qualitative experiences. One is just the quantitative. You become a quanta as a body, okay, with no qualia, qualia, even though we all argue about qualia and quanta. It's only because we're awake we're arguing at all or thinking about the universe and knowing anything, okay? It all happens when we're awake. It's just that we don't know much about being asleep and we forget we have no experience of it, okay? Because it is to not know. It, that is what makes it sleep. Oh, did I do I? All right, so this is just like a little more introduction. Like when I'm saying to you about oh, is a philosophical truth, it has to be an argument that goes, there is a, like, it starts with, well, first of all, this, this is true. There's a state of affairs, right? We want to know about the nature of the state of affairs. We, we want knowledge of that. So therefore we're going, what, what is this knowledge? What do I want to know? I want to know what do I exist as? So I exist, but what as or who as? What is the nature of my existence? Okay, it doesn't have to just be ontological because it can be, no, what am I knowing? I'm, I am is I know and I know are, are the same. You need them. They're they're totally related. But one is to not is different from the other. Okay, because we, we've got two words, obviously, and they're not exactly the same word. We wouldn't have two words for them. This is part of the physical, the human experience. So we can, yeah, we're looking at what am I knowing. Who am I knowing? Like, or doing? But these, this, to know, to what we want knowledge, we're wanting to know about our, the nature of our existence or the nature of our knowledge or the nature of our freedom. What is the nature? What is nature? What is this nature? That is the, the question which we want to know with knowledge because we know we exist. What is the nature of my existence? Because if we have this question, we go, if I know the nature of my existence and I understand the this, this system by which I'm participating, I can work within that system and naturally enough I don't want to suffer, so therefore I'll, I'll work within these rules and regulations or use my knowledge to attain the freedom that I desire. And such is life. This is what we have to deal with. Like all the things that happen to us and all the bad things and good, they all come down to our sympathy, our compatibility, our... (sighs) Our obedience to the field as the field relates to what causes and effects in the field. And so what the reason people want to know all these things is because of that, because they they know that ultimately reality is going to be the fundamental core principle that explains all the other things. So this doesn't, 
this isn't an antithesis for science. It's just theology is is antithetic to science in its general premise. It doesn't mean the premise is what science has been doing all along. Science has been working from the premise out into the world like a trying to shine light into a field. And so all the things that they've constructed there, they're looking at something and trying to understand it. Now, they might be looking from 3 o'clock in the morning to a day trying to work out how it works and they can't see the sun with from the position of being at 3 o'clock in the morning or they might be looking at, a, at your body from, from behind you and below you looking, you know what I mean, like trying to find their way from up your digestive system to understand you. But that's where they've started, where they're working from. But they're also using other principles, which is the mind, of course, because they you had to have a mind to come to the scientific platform anyway, and a soul to start with, all right? What the religious person is trying to do is take the soul away from the body and the mind, and that's what a pure idealist is doing, or that's what any extremist is doing. That's what the scientists are trying to do by taking the physical as a pure physical method. That's what it is. And that's what logic is, a pure abstract method, and spirituality is a pure personal method. Oh, God. Okay, so you see, um, like, <coughs> whether or not you're perfectly understanding everything, or life is just super easy for you, such that you can understand all the world's problems in just five minutes, okay? You can still see that I'm making categories here for you and building a little structure, and I'm trying to give you a geometry, and I'm saying, look, here's your day, and I'm dividing this from that. I've cut this in half, and I've cut you in half, and I've cut you down the middle, and I've got this set of all sets, and this is the same system thing going on. Okay, so we're making our way into something. It's just that I can't just make it super duper 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 simple. I'm trying to make it as simple as possible. I will make it more simple. But then, if as I go and make it so simple, I get like, I don't know, it's, it's like <laughs> frivolity. I couldn't be. It has to be something we can't understand. No, it isn't something you can't understand. It's something you can understand, okay? So don't give up about it. Just hang in there. Because this isn't just like abstract. This is your personal journey. This is as useful to you as your religions and your gods, okay? Because God is here playing this game and he wants us all to be free in that resistance is that, you know, there's a religious drama going on where men are just determined in this regard to make his, make our way. You know, sometimes I think, oh, how? Everyone's so arrogant and I am... Anyway, Hare Krishna, I've got 10 seconds left. I might add to this.
भइरहेको